0: Well, hey there, families, and welcome to another new episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am so excited for you to listen to this one with Stephanie Lent, who is a Foundations course student. She was actually a member of our Bonfire membership program for quite some time, too. And I love what Stephanie is going to talk to you about today because um, for a few different reasons. Um, she's actually going to share her story of raising a little girl who struggles with OCD and also anxiety. Um, but I love what Stephanie... Stephanie, When Stephanie speaks and she tells her story, I love just being with her, being around her because she truly represents the kind of parent that I love working with, that I love encouraging and supporting because she truly just cares so much about her kids and she is willing to do the work um, to get creative with them, to find empathy and compassion, to create solutions around challenges and um, as she tells her story, you will just hear that from her and I think You'll be deeply inspired um, and just motivated to do the same thing in your own life. So I think um, when it comes to our kids and the challenges they have, I I think all children have challenges, right? Whether it's a diagnosis or it's just kind of a sensory preference. I know when I interviewed my friend Wendy Bertnell, who's a sensory expert, she talks about how we all have sensory preferences, right? And whether it's, you know, to the point where it. Just has us, you know, not liking certain things or having extreme discomfort around certain smells or foods or situations, or whether it truly becomes a diagnosis where you know you may need medical health um, help that's on a on a, a different level. But all of us have have challenges in life, and all of our children are going to have challenges in life. And I think the more we can remember to get creative. And find compassion and empathy and connection and trust that we can be creative, trust that we have an abundance of resources out there to help us, to serve us, that we are not alone. Um, I just think uh, life as a a mother, as a father, as as a parent, as a human being becomes more joyful and becomes less overwhelming. So enjoy this episode today, families. Uh, make sure if you have a child who struggles in some of these areas, whether it's anxiety or some OCD tendencies, or um, you know if you've noticed anything when Stephanie speaks today, make sure you go and look at the resources that she's recommended and, and get some support around it because like she talks about, there is there are so many sources of support nowadays. You don't need to just kind of, you or your child, you don't need to suffer in silence. You are not alone. And um, as always, we are always here to cheer you on and support you and encourage you.
1: Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Welcome to my mom and dad's podcast, the Fresh Start Family Show. We're so happy you're here. We're inspired by the ocean, Jesus, and rock and roll, and believe deeply in the true power of love and kindness. Together, we hope to inspire you to expand your heart learn new tools, and strengthen your family. Enjoy the show!
0: Well, hey there, families, and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. I am here today with Stephanie Lent, who is a beautiful mama of three. Is that right, Stephanie, or do you have two? Three, three girls. Three girls. And Stephanie is also a Foundations Course student and even um, helped me build out um, some things here at Fresh Start Family for a little bit. And um, Stephanie's just... An amazing mama who has been um, had an incredible journey that she's going to share with us today. And what we're going to be talking about is how this idea of seeking to understood really helped Stephanie um, get her daughter the help she needed. And her daughter ended up um, being being diagnosed with um, OCD and um, generalized anxiety disorder when she was seven. And Stephanie's gonna tell us a little bit more about her journey, how um, they figured out that this was something that they really needed to get support for their professional support for their daughter. And um, she's gonna go over what signs and symptoms are of OCD or generalized anxiety disorder. Um, She's also gonna talk to us about um, therapy, what it looks like if you feel like your kiddo might need some extra support. And then we're gonna talk about normalizing therapy. And then we're gonna also talk about how positive parenting has helped Stephanie and her family in their journey to really support their beautiful daughter, Audrina. So again, welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for being here, for spending time with us today. I'm going to pass the mic over to you and let you introduce yourself and tell us about your journey and your beautiful daughters and um, all that good stuff.
1: Thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have the um, space to talk about this and bring some, some light to it. Um, so, yes, I'm a mama of three girls. So they are 11, 9, and 3. Uh, so we have our hands full. But <laughs> oh <laughs> I, um, our 9-year-old, yes, we, she was diagnosed at age 7 with obsessive compulsive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and just to start off by saying, um, looking back now, and we couldn't see it when we were in it, but her symptoms started around age 3. Um, And then it took us about four years to really get the diagnosis and the therapy in place to um, where she needed it. And I know for a fact it would have taken so much longer if I hadn't been um, involved with positive parenting and aware of what positive parenting was, um, just because, you know, it's the it's the peeling back the layers of your child and really I'm trying to understand why is this child pushing my buttons? Why is yeah. she challenging me? Like my first daughter was a breeze. Like is this just <laughs> like the payback of the second child? And you go through all of that. Those yeah. sort of thoughts, you know. Um, so yeah, she she's amazing. She's bright and she's. um, so caring and loving and really connects with people's emotions and she was actually so funny when I told her I was going to sit down and do this and I said you know is there any part of your story you don't want me to share or you do want me to share and she's like mama just you can tell them whatever you need to tell them because I just want to help those kids and she's just you know I'm so lucky that she's she's willing to let us share her story because it really is. It's hers. It's hers to to, to share. And I'm just kind of the go-between to help her with that. So,
0: so yeah, beautiful, Stephanie. Her. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. So um, tell us a little bit more about obsessive compulsive disorder. I know I've heard you speak about this or or write about this, how there really is so much, um, I think, confusion about this, right? And people joke about it like, oh, I have OCD because I like to wash my hands a lot. But really, I think there's so much, you know, a deeper level, and, and I think it's so important as we, as we get into this conversation with Stephanie here at Fresh Start Family. You know, we are we always want to bring real stories of connection and transformational change to you from real life families, right? So, Stephanie is not you know a doctor of any sort, I am not a doctor, um, but we we love we both have a passion for, for helping people, right? I mean, Stephanie and Audrina, you, you just heard her say they really want to share their story um, and what they've learned about um, what Audrina has gone through to to help other people, to help other kids, right? And so that's our mission of, of having this podcast today. So nothing we're going to talk about is medical advice. Nothing is from a, you know, Stephanie's not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. We're not psychologists. We're not psychiatrists. Um, but at the same time, Stephanie has learned so much being entrenched in this world um, so tell us more, Stephanie, about what are the symptoms? Um, what is OCD, generalized anxiety disorder? Um, tell us, just tell us all about that so we so parents can really clearly understand what it is and what it's not, because this is a big thing. I mean, like we're, we're all just, especially when our kids are toddlers, right? We're just trying to figure it out. We're like, some of us have really, you know, um, toddlers that, are demand a lot right like you can say a million different times (laughs) i love helping parents with strong-willed kids with power kids um and i mean just everyone i think a lot of people get get blessed with that one child that makes them scratch their head and go Mm -hmm. what is going on so this is like this is not going to be an you know an easy like answer but at the same time just tell us your experience what the symptoms are what it is all that good stuff
1: Yes. Okay, great. So um, obsessive compulsive disorder um, basically has two parts to it. So the O, which is what Audrina calls it, her O and her C. So the O is um, the thoughts or images or urges that your child has, and they are unwanted. That's the most important thing to say. So these kiddos do not want to be thinking these thoughts. They don't want to be having these images in their mind. They're intrusive. Um, They are taking away from everyday life. They're not able to concentrate on other things because of these thoughts or images or urges. Um, So some of those might be um, obsessions can include any a lot of different things. But some of the main ones you'd see are like contamination or harm or physical illness or moral issues, anything like that. Now, the C part. Um, is the compulsion part. So this is what you usually don't see with generalized anxiety disorder. So the C is what the child is doing in order to try to get rid of the, the unwanted image or thought. Um, so that is the compulsion part. Uh, and, and they want to get rid of them and they're doing these compulsions because it helps to decrease their anxiety. But the problem with that is that it only briefly makes the person feel better. So when they act on these compulsions, they only feel better for a short amount of time. Um, so these these obsess- obsessions and these compulsions, they're getting it in the way of their everyday life. They're affecting their their family, they're affecting their days, their schoolwork, um, anything like that, because they're constantly trying to soothe their obsession by doing a compulsion. So when people joke about it and say, "Oh, they're they like to wash their hands all the time, or they like to clean their room," um, well, first of all, my my middle daughter, Audrina, the one with OCD, has probably the messiest room out of, <laughs> out of all three of mine. So that is definitely oh, that's not, I not have to be a part of it. Um, and she also doesn't have hand washing, which is a common compulsion, but that is not one of hers right now. Um, right. So the difference, you know, with generalized anxiety disorder, which she she has as well, is there's a strong um, obsession or a strong anxiety or nervousness or a feeling in your body, but you don't typically have the compulsion to go with it or the repetitive compulsion to go with it. Got um, yep. Yeah, so, uh, the cause of OCD right now is still unknown, but they do know that there is a genetic component to it, um, which we have actually experienced, um, with our three-year-old. So knowing that our, our nine nine or nine-year-old has it, we were able to pick up really early on some things that our three-year-old was doing that we were able to really get control over early on. Um, yeah. So there is a genetic component and very basically what's happening is the front part of the brain is not communicating properly with the deeper part of the brain. And that's the easiest way to, to kind of explain it. Um, but It's really just important to know what it looks like and to know the signs and symptoms. Um, I I know I was telling Wendy before that there's about half a million kids in the U.S. right now that are suffering from OCD. Um, So when we really break that down, that's about one in 200 or about four to five students in an average elementary school. so wow. that's a lot of children that are that have OCD, and most of them are not diagnosed right now. Um, so it takes about an average, uh, an average of about 14 to 17 years for someone to receive effective treatment.
0: Let's chat for a hot sec, openly and honestly, about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Wow, yeah because I can I can imagine um how I think a lot especially if parents or even teachers, you know, aren't kind of entrenched in this idea of seeking to understand and everything that we'll even cover even more in a little bit more about how positive parenting can really help you uncover some of this stuff. Um, I can see how it could just be like the type of thing where it's like, stop being so high maintenance, get up, you're fine. There's nothing wrong. Like you don't worry about that. Like it's not a big deal. Um, That kind of stuff. And then it just gets, it just gets stuffed for years and years. And then it turns into probably I'm guessing Stephanie um, misbehavior that then gets, Either, you know, punishment or reward systems going on, and just a general like, okay, is that, yeah, so catching it and really understanding it early on could be just life changing for a kid. Mm-hmm. So, our, our elementary school, I think, is 600 kids. So, we have um, probably 20, 20 mm-hmm. ish kids that are suffering with this, and very few of them are diagnosed.
1: Wow. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Oftentimes, um, in schools. So, what you, what, you know, from my experience talking to other parents, um, whose kiddos have it, you'll, you'll start getting other, um, other diagnoses. Sometimes misdiagnoses, or you might get teachers who are like. Oh, gosh, your kiddo just, he won't participate. I can't get him to participate. I'm always sending this child to the nurse for a stomachache or a headache, or um, they're easily triggered. Um, They they must not pay attention. They ask the same question over and over. Um, So you'll start to get that sort of feedback. And then oftentimes, if you dig a little deeper, you'll find a kiddo who has anxiety or OCD. Um, So, I would say to any parent who's getting that kind of feedback, you really want to look closer at what's going on. So um, also attendance problems. I can tell you um, from our experience, kindergarten was horrific for my daughter. Um, And I, when I say this, I am talking about um, school refusal to the point where she is clinging to her bed sheets every morning. because these kids, they spend their whole day in school trying to control their compulsions. Um, they don't wanna show their compulsions to the people around them. They're ashamed of them because they're unwanted. They're intrusive. They don't want them to be there. Um, and then you'll also notice refusal things in school. So for a while, my daughter was coming home and she was saying, I don't wanna read at free reading time. you know. And as a parent, it would be easy to say, listen, you get your book, you go to your desk and you read. It's free reading time. But thankfully, (laughs) with positive parenting and knowing the steps to kind of take a step back and delve in a little deeper, um, you know, I started asking questions like, what's going on? Like, do you not like the books? You you know, what's going on with this free reading time? Um, And she would say, I I don't want to, I I just don't want to read. And I said, okay, well, well, what could we do to help you? What What could we do during that time? Because it is free reading time in your class, you don't wanna read, so what can we do to help you? Do you? And she, she said, well, I think I wanna bring a book from home. So in my mind, oh, already knowing yeah. about OCD, it clicked, and I said, okay, so you wanna bring a book from home, you don't wanna pick a book out from the school. Well, no, because so-and-so, was sneezing last week, and they were looking through the books, and they might have sneezed on a book, and then I might touch the book, and then what if I get sick? Or So it was a whole process in her mind that if I hadn't taken a minute to step back, really think about what she was saying to me, and and calm myself down, because as a parent, you have so many things going on, right, that you're just like, you just read the book. Go to your desk and read the book. (laughs) You know, you do what your teacher tells you to do. So. You know, you, I really just had to, to dig deeper and that was the reason behind it. And because we knew that we were able to, first of all, talk about how germs are spread and how that, you know, but we were also able to allow her to bring her own book. So that's the, you know, sometimes it's just as easy as that. Nice. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just about really looking at when you're starting to get this feedback from teachers or even from your kids, um, you know, she didn't want to play gym outside, so we had to dig deeper into that. Well, it she had this fear that her gym teacher wouldn't see her if she got hurt because they were outside and they were in a bigger space. Um, so it's really just breaking down the barriers and, and, and really getting inside of their little minds and th- in, in their hearts and saying, what can I do to help my child and why is this happening? Yeah. Um, Oh, no, my gosh.
0: I'm like, I'm like <laughs> wanting to cry because this is so beautiful, Stephanie. You're such an amazing mom. And gosh, it's so moving. I know this hasn't been easy, but it's sure. I, I'm just so grateful that you're you're sharing this story because it is so important um, and, mm-hmm. and beautiful as, as far as like just watching you love on this little girl and... Um, and grow and it's just beautiful. So okay, so the O part I'm getting, right? Like these visions and these thoughts, right? And then the the compulsions, what do those look
1: like as far as um besides resistance? Right. Okay, so yeah, and 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 I should note too the O part, I mean thankfully, 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 um her obsession have been ones that we are able to easily correct with therapy but there are kids who are having obsessions that are so difficult and so scary that they are thinking that if they do something a family member is going to die if they talk you know I mean these are kiddos who are really thinking like okay I I I'm gonna hurt my mom. I can't be by my mom. I mean, these yeah. are very serious situations. Um, so, thankfully, hers is not is not that uh, obsession, you know. But it it can always change. So we just have to be aware. And then the compulsion part. So compulsions are what people are seeing sometimes. So when you're saying hand-washing, that is a compulsion. Probably the child is thinking, my hands are dirty, my hands are contaminated for some reason, and I have to wash them. Um, and it's repeated so they'll wash them to soothe the anxiety of feeling like their hands are dirty and then it'll help for a few minutes and then they'll wash them again. So that's what it's whatever you're going to see. So for her, her compulsion was her main compulsion right off the bat was re- reassurance seeking. Now, this was a sneaky one for me because I was just like every other parent, I knew something was wrong, I knew there was more to it, but I did not think it was obsessive compulsive disorder at first because I was looking for the stereotypical signs. I was looking for the light switches on and off and the door locking over and over. I wasn't looking for reassurance seeking. So what reassurance seeking looks like is a child who asks the same exact question repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Um, So for her, it was, do you think somebody is going to throw up today? And this was, it started off just like that. Um, and it got to the point where she would ask from the moment that she woke up in the morning to the moment she stepped out of our car to go to school. And then from the moment she got back in the car to the moment she went to bed. And I'm, I am not exaggerating when I say it was probably a hundred times a day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for parents who are seeing reassurance seeking, you might have a kiddo who's saying, so for my youngest, what we started noticing was, do we have more milk? Um, and at first, you're going to want to be like, "We've never run out of milk. Right. Why is she <laughs> asking me this?" You know, yeah. you would think my child is is being deprived of her milk. No, so that was her her start of her um, question was, "Do we have more milk? Do, do we? Is the milk still good?" Um, so you'll hear these types of questions that'll make you think. What in the world? You know why? Right. Why would they be asking me this? Um, but then you'll also have kiddos who will say, like, "Is anyone going to die today? Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to hurt somebody today? Um, do you think that somebody is going to hurt me today?" And when kids are doing reassurance-seeking behavior, they will oftentimes, and this is one of the ways that you can know you might be dealing with um, OCD, is oftentimes they will need to ask the same person, and they will need you to answer them in a very specific way. So for my daughter, she would have to ask me um, in order to soothe that obsession, Um, and then she would need me to answer her in a very specific way. And if I didn't answer her in that specific way, she would continue to repeatedly ask. Um, The problem with that is then the parent is now sucked into the obsession and the compulsion. So now the parent is part of it. Um, And that's a really difficult thing (laughs) to break from my own experience.
0: Well, hey there families, this episode is brought to you by the Fresh Start Family Online.com free online masterclass, what to do when your kids say no, five positive parenting tips to help gain cooperation and dissolve power struggles with integrity. Families, this is one of my favorite topics to teach on. We're going to cover how to gently guide your kids towards action even when they don't want to move or do what's asked of them, ways to see kids who push back a lot as incredible blessings and future leaders, I promise they really are, the importance of paradigm shifting with thoughts and beliefs about power-seeking misbehavior, and how to implement a pause button or a heart connector to ignite creativity and model self-control. You can head to www.freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash power struggles class. That's freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash power struggles class to save your spot. I will see you at class. Hey there, families. I want to take a second to tell you about my friend Andrea's company, Tubby Todd Bath Products. Andrea has been making gentle body care basics for little ones since 2014, and I just love what her and her company is all about. I want to give you an opportunity to try out their products for 10% off by heading to FreshStartFamilyOnline.com forward slash todd. That's T-U-B-B-Y-T-O-D-D. Families, they have a new watermelon line for summer that is so fun. It smells so good and it's super clean and safe for your little ones. So go check out Tubby Todd. I think you will love them. I have a tendency to get a lot of my products from Beauty Counter and Honest Company because I do really care a lot about the ingredients, but I also love supporting Andrea because she's a local, small, family-run business, and now more than ever, I find myself being attracted to small, family-run businesses. So go check them out. Again, you can get 10% off your first order by heading to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash todd. Enjoy.
1: But other things that you can look for, other compulsions that you can look for, because these are the things that you're going to see, um, is, is checking. So a child that might need to check the cabinet doors, they want all of the kitchen doors to be closed in the kitchen before they leave. And it's and what we're looking for is something different than a child who just really likes to slam the kitchen cabinet doors as they go out. This is a child who who can't leave the kitchen because the doors are not closed. So physically, they're unable to walk out of the kitchen. Um, they might need to come back and check them. Um, they might be very upset and you might be unable to calm them down until they're able to go to the kitchen and check and make sure that those cabinet doors are closed um, so it. that's another comp- a compulsion that, you know, a parent might look for in a, in a young child. And then the last thing I, I would say for parents to look for as far as the C goes, as far as, as, far as compulsions go, is look for issues with food, which is, mm-hmm. I know is a little yeah. tricky because sometimes kids are picky about food anyways, but um, if you, if you look at, at the way a child is eating or acting around mealtime sometimes it can can give you a little insight so if they repeatedly check expiration dates if they um if you put a plate of food down in front of them and they say is this okay to eat is this okay to eat and they won't eat it until you you've told them that it's okay um it might look like counting their food so for a while Audrina when we would pack her lunch she started bringing back her her crackers and so she would want crackers and cheese and pepperoni every day and then I would notice that she was bringing a lot of it back and it got to the point where she was bringing all of it back and I was like hey babe what's going on with this like all of your cheese and pepperoni and crackers are coming home and she's like well there wasn't I I couldn't make the sandwiches out of them because there wasn't a amount that i needed so instead of eating right so instead of eating anything at all she would just not eat she wouldn't eat anything she wouldn't eat the amount you know so look in their lunch boxes um think about if they have to have foods presented to them in a a specific way like i can only eat my meat and then i can only eat my vegetables and then i can only drink my milk so they they want in a certain pattern and they don't move off of that they're not able to. Um, So those are things that the three um, reassurance seeking and checking and issues with food, those would be what I would tell parents, you know, if you're noticing that at an early age, you might want to talk to a therapist, talk to a doctor, talk to your pediatrician and say, "Eh, something just doesn't feel right about this.
0: That is so helpful. Yeah, gosh, Stephanie, um, and I will, it's good to know parents, Stephanie was telling me before we started recording that um, she is part of a community, so you're, tell us about the like the Facebook community that you're part of, because I think a lot of what you're sharing too might not be exactly what Audrina has gone through, and some a lot of it is, but a lot of it isn't, because you're friends now with so many families who have been diagnosed, um, have kiddos diagnosed with this, and you've heard stories upon stories, right? So it's like a collective... Yeah education process that you all have been through right just by sharing your journeys with each other and and what's going on what's not going on what's helping what's not helping right
1: yeah so I'm um I'm part of a community uh it's called AT Parenting with Kids AT Parenting Kids with Anxiety and OCD and it's a Facebook group but it's linked to um Natasha Daniels who is a who was so gracious, I reached out to her and I said, can I mention you on this podcast, because I really think you could be helpful. And she said absolutely 100%. So she is an amazing therapist. Um, She has kiddos of her own. And then she works with children with generalized anxiety and OCD. Um, She puts out free resources, but she also has classes. Um, She has a Facebook group. Yeah. So through I think through her Facebook group, I think there's like 2,500 of us on there um, that are able to kind of go on and just be like, Hey, this is what's going on with my kiddo. What do you think? Have you seen this before? Beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's really helpful.
0: Gosh, maybe we could get her on the podcast too. So her name is Natasha. What Natasha. Is it?
1: Daniels, yeah, okay. she and she has a, a podcast, and she does YouTube videos um, for kids specifically. So she will explain oh, it in a that. way that the kids can understand. Yeah, it's really helpful, super, super helpful.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, all right. So I think we have a clear picture now, a uh, somewhat clear, right? I mean, um, that's. It sounds like it's a lot, but you've done such a great job of kind of giving us. Um, some of the the signs and symptoms and what it is and then talk to us now about the therapy types because you know this is I think that's what's so beautiful about your story is is um, how because you were able to catch this it's not like a a death sentence right it's not like oh my gosh like it's like wow now now that we know what we're working with now we can go actually find a great therapist and find people like Natasha right so Mm -hmm. we can have the help that we need and that's like that is a beautiful thing but tell us about what that process looked like for you and how to, you know, find a good therapist. Cause I know there's a lot of different kinds probably. And, yes. um, it sounds like you found really great
1: therapist. Yes. So, um, I guess what I would start by saying is, you know, when I, when I first realized, and you know, when she was in kindergarten, first and, and second grade, it got really bad. And I, and I was thinking, Oh, like, I, I can't do this, I, I need help. Like I'm doing everything I can and it's not enough, which is okay. And it took me a long time to realize that. Um, there's a lot of guilt around that. And there was a lot of, um, you know, inside of me thinking like, like, oh, I'm her mom. Like, I should be able to help her and fix this for her and I, you know, and do all the things. And it really just took me a minute to say, you know, I'm doing everything I can but it's not enough. We need help. Our family needs help. And, and that was, that's really hard thing for parents to do sometimes. Um, You know, and I really, a couple of other parents that I know have had issues with this too. And I really just say like, if your child broke their leg, you wouldn't sit at home and say like, I think I can fix this. I got this. You know, you would obviously take them to have it fixed by a doctor. So the same thing with their mental health, you know, yes, you play a role in it, but this is their journey and they have to do it on their own. And that's one of the hardest things to, to really accept as a parent, that there's a difference between enabling them and having empathy for them. So for a while, um, I'm the first to admit, like I, w- I enabled her. I answered her questions the way she needed them to be answered. I did all of the things that she needed me to do, and that was because, as a parent, I wanted to take away that pain and that pressure from her. Um, so when we, when I finally, you know realized I can't do this on my own. We, we really talked to her pediatrician first, who is amazing. Um, and then in our area, we do have a couple of therapists, but they're not OCD specialists and they're not child um, therapists. So the best case scenario is to have a child psychologist or therapist that specializes in OCD and generalized anxiety be, um, disorder. So we had um, to travel. So we drive about an hour and a half, um, for her therapy. Um, but that is nothing compared to, uh, what other parents are doing. Um, I, we have one family, one mama who reached out to me and said, I'm in Alaska and we fly to Seattle for our, for our child's therapy. Um, so these mamas are fierce. (laughs) They are. You know, just like any mom who's trying to get help for their child. So it's really important to to try to find a therapist who is or a psychologist who who knows about childhood OCD and who specializes in children. Um, And obviously that's not going to be possible all the time. um, But, you know, that would be the ideal situation. And then the types of therapy that you're looking for. There are two main types that uh, most of the parents will say that they've tried with their children. Um, One is cognitive behavior therapy, which is pretty familiar to some people, more familiar than the other one. Um, And the other type is um, exposure response prevention. Um, And this is a really tricky type of therapy. And it's really important to have a therapist kind of guide you on it because it involves exposing them to what they're fearing the most. Um, So, you know, if you have a kiddo who is afraid of um, their obsession is that they think if they touch a tree, they're going to get sick. This involves having them do baby steps in order to touch the tree so it's very tricky it's very strategic yeah um and it uh, and this was one of the things that I kind of had to take a step back with too because um you know for positive parenting we we kind of say try to limit the rewards um Mm -hmm. but for for kids with OCD um and so that's what I was doing all along and but for kids with OCD um you oftentimes need the reward right. um, in order to get them to do their therapy. So thankfully, you know, it's it, I had been practicing this kind of no reward system, and then I was able to change it for her just by knowing that Beautiful. I had to individualize her, yeah, her, absolutely. her you know. So those are the two types. And then um, a lot of kiddos do, um, they combine medication with it as well. Um, we haven't needed to do that yet, but definitely, I mean, if we ever had to, 100%, um, whatever it would take to, to help, you know.
0: Families, I have a question for you. Would you love to be able to set really strong boundaries and rules with your children and then follow through with consistency and firm kindness? If yes, listen up. I have a program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint that I'd love for you to go check out. You can learn more over at freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Inside of this quick, easy to finish program, I'll teach you four steps to really setting those strong roles, but then following through in a way where you're using connection and firm kindness. And what I'll teach you will actually cause your children to want to cooperate with you because they truly. Really respect you and value the rule and the boundary and understand how it serves them, not just something that they have to do or else. And it's just an incredible feeling when you go to bed at night knowing that you followed through on the rules and the strong boundaries in your home without relying on hand-me-down parenting tactics like fear, force, threats, yelling, harsh punishments that really create usually fear in your household, right? We want our children to listen to us because they respect us and because they understand why being part of the team, cooperating well, a lot easier. Okay. So I want you to go learn about this program and let me know if you have any questions. Freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. So there's so much hope and tell us about, um, how, so she's diagnosed two years ago and it sounds like, you know, right before the diagnosis, she, it was just like really hard. Things got really bad. Tell us so how hard, she's yeah. doing da- now. Um, how's she doing now after she's had, I think probably a solid year, year and a half of therapy. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. It's almost two years of therapy now. Yep. So she is doing amazing. Yay. Um, she is, you know, going to school and she's working through you know she has all the tools in her toolbox now so she's working through her obsessions and her compulsions and um you know it it was hard work it's hard work um you know she's exhausted on therapy days because therapy is hard work for them and it's hard work for anybody but it's really hard work for them Um, she's exhausted some school days because she just has to work a little bit harder to keep her compulsions under control and talk herself down from them. And she does see, um, she has a school psychologist as well. Um, and that would be another, uh, option for families. If you can't find someone, you know, outside of your, your home, who's close enough, then maybe look inside of the school too, because that was a great starting place for her as well. Um, but she's, she's amazing. And she does. You know, she uses dance as kind of a therapy, so she does dance four days a week, and I'm just so grateful to be her mom, and she's taught me so much about patience and really taking a step back and realize that every child has different needs. And it, she's just, she's just really, really helped me to grow as a mama. So I'm just so grateful for her.
0: Oh my gosh. Isn't that the coolest, right? When you, mm-hmm. when you go through something like this and, and you're kind of tested to your core and you have to drop to your knees and, and it's just, it does often, um, help you grow so much and soften your heart and, and bring you closer together with the people that you've gone through something like that with. It's so beautiful. Okay. Last point we have here, Stephanie, is talk to us about the importance of just normalizing this idea of therapy or needing help, because I love this. I think this is so important um, to just remember this. So talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like I said before, I, I, I mean, I was to the point where I was, I would drop her off at school. It would be a terrible morning and I would sit in my car in the parking lot of the school and I would just sob because I, you know, I just had... To have the school psychologist, you know, rip her away from me to go into school. And I knew that's not where I wanted her to be. And I didn't want to be like that. And um, it just, you know, talking about her therapy and her being so open about her therapy and what the hard work that she's doing in it has really just helped to normalize it and therapy wasn't something that was uh common in our family um so even for like extended family um to help normalize it and just to talk openly about it and say like this is the help that our family really needed to get her through this and same thing like i said you know if if your child had a physical medical issue you wouldn't just sit at home and say "Mm, i think i got this you know, you would, you would get the help that you needed and get the help that your family needed. So I think so important to talk about it and the more that we talk about it and more that we shine light on the issue and, um, you know, bring it to the forefront, then it's easier for people to say, yeah, we needed help too, or we really needed someone to talk to too. And um, it, it wasn't just her. I needed help because I was involved in her compulsions. I needed to find a way to safely take myself out of them and to be okay with the fact that I could sit with her and I could hold her hand and I could talk her through the the um, exercises and the work that she was doing, but I couldn't do it for her. Um, and I just, you know, just the idea of therapy sometimes has uh, such a negative effect. Uh, you know, bubble around it. And if your child's in therapy, it's like, okay, well, what is the parent doing that their child needed to be in therapy? Um, And really, it has nothing to do with that. It's what you're doing for your child, the help that they needed. So it's really just opening up about it and saying, hey, you know, we needed help and we got it and this is how we got it and this is where we went to and you don't have to go through this alone. There are other parents who are going through the same exact thing. um, And just looking for someone to say, reach out a hand and say, you know, this is what we did. This is the first step.
0: Yes, I love that. I, I swear therapy should just be like, I wish I wish it could just be like something every human being got to do, right? Yes. I wish there wasn't yes. like financial barriers, because oh. once once you go through therapy, or for me, it's my my therapy has been like the personal development coursework that I do with your infinite life, like it's a version of therapy, right? I mean, but it's, once you go through it, you realize like, this is so good. It feels like it's not always easy in the moment. Um, there's a lot of feelings and emotions and, and hard work that goes into it, but it's just beautiful. And it's like, I, you know, I just wish that for the world and for all of our children that they can say, you know, when they're, friends are like, what'd you do this weekend? They can be like, Oh, Saturday morning, you know, I went to dance and then I went to therapy and then I went to, yeah. you know, the baseball game. And, and then we played basketball out front and played dolls. Like, it's just one of the things we do.
1: <laughs> like, uh, but
0: it's our society is like, you know, it's this thing that's like, Oh my gosh, you need therapy. It's like, don't we all, we all need therapy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, I, do the little, I know. I know. Like, times I know.
0: Yeah, I've been training for three years to be um, a course instructor for the personal development work that really changed my life and, and the work that I encourage all of my clients to go to with your infinite life, personal, um, life coaching. But I just ended like my monthly calls with my mentor. Her name's Pam Dunn. She's the owner of that company because I I was, I'm like done, you know, it's been three years. And, and just this, uh, just a few days ago was, um, with the whole Corona thing going on, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing well. I need to talk to my mentor. I need my therapy because here I am out in the world coaching others and helping others. And, Um, I'm a bright light to people. I love being a bright light to people and helping people, but I need help, you know? So I I need to call her and say, I'm not ready to end my sessions yet. I need, that's like part of my, it's like oxygen, you know? Mm -hmm. So
1: absolutely love that
0: oh my gosh okay so um we are going to make sure we put all of this information in the show notes page and we'll have um the information about natasha and is there any type of like checklist or anything um that we could possibly offer the listeners or anything um you know we can always put it in the show notes later but um i think i think you've i know i'll we'll point them i think you do you have a blog now stephanie
1: Um, we, we have one, but we haven't started it yet. So yes. um, Yeah. And then we, um, also have our starting an Instagram as well. So that will be, we'll have all sorts of stuff on there that she's, going through not nice. just her, but all three of our kiddos. So
0: nice. Cause yeah, you, you do a lot of beautiful writing around this and yeah, thank I you. know it, would be, yeah. it would be beautiful to see um, you publish some of it because it's, it's meaning it's really meaningful to hear your story. And I know um, this episode is really going to help so many people. I think it's important to end on the note that, um, you know, remember, don't let it, everyone has their own experience. Right. And, and like Stephanie said, we're talking about, um, you know, five out of 20 kids is that was, that was a statistic you get right on average that, that suffer with this. Right. Like for example, you know, Stephanie's heard me talk about how my little boy was, was, was one of those, like that the, um, he had to have the school psychologist peel off, peel him off. Right. Um, every mm-hmm. day when he was in kindergarten and all the way up till about halfway through first grade, it was a really hard, um, transition. He's, you know, dealt with a lot of separation anxiety and, you know, we're at the point now where he's, he's doing great. He goes, he goes everywhere. And so he's an example of someone who wouldn't fall into this category. Right. So it's, right, it's important right. to remember that kids are going to have, like, they're going to be picky eaters. There's going to be kids that are like, have separation anxiety, there's going to be messiness, there's going to be craziness, don't just think like, oh my
1: gosh, something's wrong, something's (laughs) wrong,
0: like, and at the same time, be aware of this, now that you've listened to this, like, and Stephanie's laid out so many important ways that you can say, okay, and now is the point where it's tipping the scales, and we do need, we do need to go talk to somebody. Um, So it's, it's, there's, it's like a fine line, right? Um, But just, yeah, and
1: especially right now, um, you know, with everything that is going on, there is going to be a, your kids are going to have anxiety. Yes, yeah. You know, if your kids are out of school right now or if you know they're worried about the coronavirus or whatever, they are going to have some anxiety. So it's important to really decide um is this just typical worries or am I looking at something more than that?
0: Okay, one last thing I have to touch on before we go and then we're really going to go because <laughs> I want to <laughs> i got to hop on another call here before we end this, but one thing, Stephanie, that um, you pointed out that was so um, interesting that I think it's important for parents to hear too when it comes to like, does, is my child really dealing with a higher level anxiety than just kind of the normal kiddos are going to have some anxiety as they grow up? But something you said that was so fascinating was with the whole Corona mess going on right now. You said, you know, tell us about how a lot of the families you're friends with through the private Facebook group um, have seen a decrease in misbehavior, you know, behaviors now that their kids are home all the time and how that could be an eye-opening observation too.
1: Yes. So um, what's really interesting is uh, there's been obviously a ton of talk around the coronavirus um, within the Facebook group right now. Um, And... A lot of parents are saying, wait a minute, we have a decrease in anxiety. Is this something that I should be concerned about? Because we're always looking, right, when our child has OCD or generalized anxiety, we're always looking for a change, whether that be a good change or a bad change. So um, kiddos who are home right now and they are feeling safe and secure and not going out into the world, so some kids with OCD that will decrease their anxiety actually. So wow. if you are noticing that you were having trouble every day with your child and behavior issues and um, questions and this and that, and then all of a sudden now that they're home, that has gone away, um, you might be looking at a bigger a bigger issue. It's something to keep your eye on when things yeah. return to normal, um, and also. You know, if you're noticing an increase, like, am I going to get this? Am I going to be sick? Am I going to, you know, die? Am I going to, you know, and it's going beyond just the point of kind of some general worries about coronavirus or it's going beyond what you think is age appropriate, which is another thing that you can look for. Um, so it's typical for a little one to maybe say, hey, what's going on? Am I going to get sick? No, you're not. Okay, go back to playing. It's not typical for them to be, um, you, you you catch them watching the news when they're in their bedroom or you, right. you, you catch them doing other things. That's not, that wouldn't be a typical behavior for a child. So those are things that you would maybe want to look for right now. And then the other thing is you're home with them all day maybe at this point, if you're not still working, if you're quarantined with them, you're able to spend that much time with them. You can really dig into their behaviors a little more and start to see like, Ooh, I didn't notice this before. Is this something that should be concerning to me, you know, or, or not? Um, and we're just spending so much time with them right now that it's a great, it's a great time for us to connect with them. It's a great time to practice positive parenting. Right. But it's also a great time to um, kind of look at their anxiety levels and their fears.
0: I love it. Oh my gosh, Stephanie,
1: thank you so much for being here. Thank you for taking time um, out thank of you your so day. So much. Yes. Thank is... you. Yes. I can I will find a checklist. I'm sure Natasha has one, so I'll find one for you that you can um, stick in with the show notes.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, Stephanie, thanks for being here. Um. And thank you. Have a good day. You too. For links and all of the information we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 54.
1: For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day.